Welcome to the Springs in the Desert podcast. We're so happy that you're here with us. We're those friends that you can take with you wherever you are on the path of infertility. Hello and welcome back to the Springs in the Desert podcast. I am Cassandra and I'm here with Anne and Stacy. How are you ladies doing? Hi, doing well. Doing great. So today's topic is a tough one. We're just going to acknowledge that right up front. We're going to be talking about pregnancy after infertility. Um, If you are not in a place to receive that, we just want to say at the outset, just skip this one. You know, Uh, we have many, many other episodes for you to choose from. Praise God. You can come back to this later or not. And they're great. Yeah. You're great. Please go back and listen to other episodes because they're great. Yeah, so you can come back to this later or not, um, but whatever you choose to do with the freedom of the children of God, uh, listen with care, (laughs) because, you know, we've all been on this path together uh, for a long time, and, you know, it's complicated, but that's why we're here, is to talk about the complicated things. So, to that end, we just wanted to open it up to Stacey, uh, just to hear your story. Thank you. I just want to thank you so much, Cassandra and Anne, for um, welcoming me to and inviting me to to share my story. Um, It's just immensely generous of you. And um, I'm just blown away by Springs in the Desert and everything you guys have done to accompany me through the years. Um, For those who don't know my story, um, I got involved with Springs in the Desert in 2019. Allie, who's another team member, um, she found me on social media and sent me a message. Never met her before. She lives in, lives in Texas and I live in Indiana. <laughs> um, but she uh, reached out to me and connected me with Anna and Kimberly to tell me about this ministry. And I was invited to write for Springs. And um, that is how the story started. And it just spiraled from there. We've led retreats together. I've hosted, um, Lenten series and, um, done virtual retreats and my husband's been involved and, uh, we've just been so blessed to accompany so many people, um, on the path of infertility. And <laughs> I know I'm not going to get through this without sobbing. It's okay, so, much with me. Um, it's okay. so, uh, Whew. Um, my husband and I, um, we got married in 2015 and I was diagnosed with PCOS, um, shortly after that and, um, had surgery and, um, tried to conceive for many years. And, um, about two years ago, we received some more diagnoses, um, chronic endometritis and adenomyosis. And, um, understood from the doctor that our likelihood of conceiving was very, very small. Um, and if we conceived, there could be a lot of pregnancy complications. Mm -hmm. And it was at that point that she said that a hysterectomy could be in our future. Mm -hmm. And so, um, using what we learned from Springs in the Desert um, to discern treatment options and um, to uh, just kind of embrace the path that God has for us in our suffering. Um, At that point, um, 
we actually weren't pursuing any specific treatments other than taking care of our health. And we just decided to continue on that path, um, knowing that is very unlikely that we would ever conceive. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, so I was so excited to be part of Springs and to walk with you all through the OSB challenge and planning <laughs> retreats and all of those things. Um, New Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans. Yeah. Yep. Um, it was shortly after um, we got back from our retreat in New Orleans that I got a positive pregnancy test. Mm. What was, was that a- like for you? <laughs> um, I mean, so complex. Um I mean, of course, I was I was excited but confused. Um, that I actually took five pregnancy tests that day because um, the first positive was so faint I didn't think it was actually positive, yeah. and um, it it was so complex because I felt like I I couldn't like allow myself to get really that excited or to get my hopes up um, just because of being more high risk, um, right. of loss. And so, um, because we actually, um, we're scheduled to give a talk, um, in our Archdiocese of Detroit, Detroit, I'm sorry, our Archdiocese of Detroit with Springs oh. in the desert. Um, in September, um, we reached out to Ann and Kimberly right away to let them know, um, what we were going through. They were so gracious and supportive. And, um, but we, um, like really kept the news to ourselves for a long time. Um, we, um, told my parents, I want to say around maybe 10 weeks and, um, my family, the rest of my family around 12 weeks, um, just kind of weighing the reality of, possibility of loss for us and we just decided to take every every day and every moment as a gift um Mm -hmm. not knowing what the future would hold and and then uh, right initially um that we went in right away I got blood work done the same day and um they got us on the schedule for an ultrasound and when we went in the first time they couldn't find a heartbeat um which was concerning, but, um, it was just because of my conditions, my cycles are longer. And so, um, the date of conception wasn't exactly accurate based off of, um, the fact that I have longer cycles. And so uh, once they figured that out, um, they said it shouldn't, shouldn't be an issue. Um, and we were able later to go back in and find the baby's heartbeat. And since then there hasn't really been hardly any complications. Baby's been growing, um, right on track. We just had, um, we're at 22 weeks now and, um, at our 20 week appointment, um, is when they do it, um, like check out all the baby's parts in the brain and everything and make sure everything's good. And it's, we're expecting a baby girl. Um, and it's, I think that point maybe is when it started to feel more real. Um, other Mm -hmm. than like, I was really, really sick. Um, when it went like from uh, like maybe eight or nine weeks. And then like, I think week 20 is when I stopped feeling um, nausea 
Um, but it, there were, there were days where it was really hard to keep food down. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a whole new, just like life we're looking towards right now. And it's, it's so wild how like for so long, um, you know, like you, you get used to like seven years. Um, we, we were married and at the point of total acceptance, like that this is what God has for us. Just like we probably won't ever have children. And then uh, like I was in 2022, I was supposed to go to Rome um, for a class that I'm taking for a week. And then um, to Portugal with the kids and the young adults from my parish for world youth day. Um, And so like those, right away got crossed off the board. Um, and there was also a mission trip last fall we were taking, um, that also, um, got crossed off and, um, just a lot of things like ways that my schedule has just totally flipped. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I feel like as much as I wanted to like control my fertility before, now I'm like in this place where like also my future is out of my control. Um, just being available to this, this new plan that God has for us. Um, and I think there is definitely, um, like walking with you all. And, um, probably part of the reason I put off telling the whole team, um, the whole Springs, the desert team for so long, it's just this like overwhelming feeling of like guilt. And then also like this fear that I would hurt you guys in some way, which I know is, like you guys have been so gracious and so generous, but um, I know how difficult it can be to like receive that news from someone else. Yeah. Because you have received that news from right. other people a number of times. So over years. I, yeah. <laughs> um, Stacy, I just want to thank you for being so open and generous. I mean, you're, you're, calling us generous, but you're so generous to share precisely for the reason that you just said is that I know that you were, you were so fearful of, of hurting us and knowing that in a sense it would hurt, like we're with you, you're part of our team, but you're not just on the team. I mean, you have become such a dear friend Mm -hmm. to all of us. And so when, you know, when you shared your news, I mean, like there's no way that there can't be some kind of hurt like and you know that and you knew that at the time like that just comes with the territory right um but we you know we worked through it together and and just like seeing you being so emotional and sharing like the memory of those 7 years right of the pain like that's still with you and so it's not like pregnancy has happened and now it's like a magic wand was waved and, you know, the birds sang and, you know, life, life is perfect. Um, but I think that your story and, and how we have been continuing to walk together as a team and as friends shows that it is possible. First of all, it's natural and normal to still feel that hurt when you receive the news from, from a friend Um, that's part of the territory and like, let's all understand that you understand it, Stacy, and we, the rest of us understand it. So let's like acknowledge it 
and be like, okay, this is the reality. And then, um, but it, the, the, then it's possible to like, okay, not move past it, not get over it, but like each day, like, okay, it's a little bit better. We're able to walk with you a little bit, a little bit more, you know, love you a little bit more. And to where that, that hurt, like that hurt that we feel at first gets so much less and less over time. And I just want to, well, also thank you, Stacey, for sharing so vulnerably. This is a situation where women and couples in our community have found themselves or, you know, are hoping to find themselves even. But the reality is that it's so complicated. And what strikes me is how infertility still colors everything. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it colored the way you told us, which was in this incredible email where you were just so honest, so honest with us. And you said that this felt like an unexpected pregnancy. You know, Mm -hmm. you guys had received that news about possibly needing a hysterectomy and you were, you know, striving to reach that acceptance. And this is like another sacrifice in a way that's being asked of you because as humans I feel like we're so like we make peace a lot of the times with our reality not at first but you know the time goes on and we're like okay this is this is my cross this is what we're doing now like I'm more comfortable with this than I was before and to be given just out of nowhere almost this gift that you've been longing for for seven years and doing this work in infertility ministry for years and it's like oh my goodness it's so complicated it's so complicated but I just want to say too that that her you know that Anne has been talking about you know maybe our listeners who have found themselves pregnant after infertility also have other friends who have been having trouble conceiving and um but through, you know, the work of this ministry and the work you yourself, Stacey, have done is that we can know better now that that hurt isn't against the other person. It's just that own grief, um, that own grief, our own grief, you know, that we're carrying around because uh, we all know how heavy this cross can be at times. But um, do, do you feel like you have left <laughs> The path of infertility is my question for you. What has that been like for you? Stacy, don't leave. Don't leave. It's like such a complicated answer mm-hmm. because and it's it's funny, I like a couple of people have said some things like that and um I don't know. Like I I a little bit feel like I just don't fit anywhere. Right. Um and mm-hmm. it's been it, it's been a, a challenge um in some ways to relate to those who have been on the path of motherhood in the sense of like biological children. Um I'm surrounded by lots of people who have lots of children and uh really hard <laughs> uh to relate to them, but then also like I know that like we're in a different place now than we were. And, um, I, infertility is something that it doesn't like entirely ever leave you. Um, Mm -hmm. it, it, it still impacts, I think the lens of how you, how you relate to other people. Um, and, 
it's, it's very hard, I think, to, um, so like the, the sufferings of motherhood, um, of biological motherhood, um, they are a lot more accepted by our culture in the sense of like, people understand, like when you're pregnant, you go through some things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's hard when like, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing struggling things. Um, and, and I'm thankful for people to show me empathy, but also, um, uh, at the same level, it kind of feels like, well, wait, where were you when I was struggling with infertility and, um, my heart just kind of breaks for like those of you who will never get to experience this. And, mm-hmm. um, just that, the the silence of your suffering, um, it's, it's so real, but yet people don't see it. And, um, I don't know, like not a day passes where I'm not reminded of just like, Oh gosh, the importance of those who struggle with infertility and like, the suffering that they're carrying. Um, and I'm particularly reminded of it when people acknowledging the suffering of, of what I'm going through, which is so strange. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I mean, there are so many people out there who will carry the cross of infertility all the way, all the way until eternity. And, um, God has a special place for those people in eternity because I don't like, yeah. Uh, there's just a lot of suffering that, that you walk on that path. Yeah. Yeah. It, man, it must be after years and years of receiving, you know, comments and advice to kind of get pregnant and also still be receiving comments yes, in a different, in a different way too. Right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Right. <laughs> they I do. Yeah. Lots of unsolicited advice, but, um, well intended, well intended, right. but um, <laughs> yeah, it is a whole different type of advice now that I'm receiving. Oh, I I wonder, Stacy, you know, because it kind of strikes me like that advice, right? That we have all received. I know you've received it over the years too. Do this, try that. You know, my neighbor's daughter's cousin, you know, did this and it worked like all these different degrees of separation, right? Um, So, I mean, has anybody said to you like, oh, so like what worked or? Oh, that's the number one question. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. um, So, yeah, that's a question I've received a lot over the past few. And how do you, so... Like, what do you think of that question and how have you handled it? And did it make you want to like blow your stack when you heard that? <laughs> no, I mean, that question doesn't like, it, it wasn't like it, one that made me angry, but it did make me want to laugh because it was yeah. like, as if I had a way to control my fertility. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why mm-hmm. it makes me want to laugh because we don't get to control our um and so yeah uh but yeah so many so many times and a lot of a lot of laughter and just um it it is surprising how people 
think like that we get to just like yeah. decide what happens and what the outcome is. Um, yeah. But that's just really not, it's not that simple. No. And it's not the, I mean, so obviously, I mean, God gives us these gifts and these tools, right? He gives us like great doctors and he, you know, he, um, he gives us this knowledge to, you know, figure out how to chart our cycles and, you know, the wonderful medications and the surgeries that can help not just restore our fertility either, but like our health, like we want healthy bodies, we want healthy minds, we want healthy souls. You know, he ha- we have the saints, we have these prayers, we have all of these things. But I think like we do have to be careful not to say like, oh, well, okay, Stacy, like which saint did you go to? And like, oh, I didn't go to that one. So, you know, you know, as if God is up there saying like, well, you didn't say this novena. I was about to make you pregnant, but because you didn't say this prayer, you know, sorry, I can't do anything for you. Like, I, I mean, I, I feel like we need to be a little bit careful, like to use the tools that we are given because God wants us to, you know, take that initiative and take care of ourselves, but to not get into like, I guess, magical thinking or superstitious Mm -hmm. thinking. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And that is a huge temptation with infertility. Um, like that, Oh, if I, if I say this novena or do this pilgrimage or whatever, then, um, that God will make me pregnant. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity for, for kind of like some, some of that um, thinking and that mindset. And that I think is, comes across clearly in this, this idea that people um, that have that, like there was like a magic formula that, that made me pregnant, uh, whether it was prayers or medicine or, or what have you. Yeah. And just, I mean, just one more thing, Stacey, that I wanted to put out there because, you know, on our retreats, you have been the one who does um, a lot of the talks on prayer and especially on that like negative thinking and those lies that Satan, you know, tries to implant in us. And so on the other side of the spectrum, just kind of thinking um, like maybe God just you know, kind of arbitrarily, like he decides you, but not you, or, or, you know, he's punishing me, but he's found favor with you. Like, I think that's, that's also kind of um, dangerous for us because then we kind of, you know, just think that God, um, yeah, that God's just kind of like arbitrary with his gifts. Yeah. It is hard when, you know, I saw recently someone say they did this novena and this and and they got pregnant. And, you know, we have Stacy who has um, not <laughs> relaxed, <laughs> but decided to, you know, discerned her treatment to not be doing every possible thing. Um, I've also not charting. tried novenas too. <laughs> right, right, right. And it's just interesting to think about because if you do pray that novena and your specific prayer doesn't get answered, just like Anne was saying, it doesn't mean that you're out of favor with God. And this also helps to remember that um, God doesn't work on our time. 
Mm-hmm. That, you know, you don't pray the novena and then on the 10th day, the day of Thanksgiving, that's when your prayer gets answered. Sometimes that happens. It absolutely yeah. can. But God, who is outside of time, is not operating on our schedule. And it just makes me think, too, about the nature of hope and what we're hoping in and how prayers carried for years do get answered. Um, like St. Monica's, I love her and I always love to think about her praying for years and years and years for her son's conversion and praise God, her prayer was answered and her son is a saint and doctor of the church. But I don't know, like for us who the prayer intention didn't get answered, you know, um, like before my hysterectomy, I went to the shrine of St. Gerard in Newark and we asked for a miracle and we didn't get that miracle. But it doesn't mean that God didn't hear the prayer. It doesn't mean that he didn't answer the prayer. And he doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that he's not <laughs> taking care of me, you know, and my husband and that our family um, and whoever else might come to join it one day in in whichever manner. And it just, you know, your prayer answered after years and our prayers that may not have been answered in the way we desired at the time, but have been answered so abundantly. Mm-hmm. Teach us to hope, you know, in Christ. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, that reminds me of somebody, when I told them I was pregnant, they said, um, Oh, it's a dream come true. And, um, uh, my reaction internally to that was like, like, I don't even think I dreamed about this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've been sitting with that for a while. Um, and I wonder like if part of me was like, I didn't have, I mean, I, my faith in God was strong, but it, my, I think my, my hope and my faith, in having a child, I've just like shifted it all into like hope and faith in eternity with God in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so my, that, that just this whole experience, like, because my, my sights have been so set, um, on that and that this other, this other thing that was seemed impossible. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I even continued asking God for it. And so like to, to hear you speak about like this, I guess this Testament of faith that you and your husband have to continue asking God for this miracle in this faith and circumstances that seem totally impossible. It's just, it's absolutely remarkable to me that you just have that faith. And that's something that's always struck me about you, Cassandra is um, when you made that, that Lord's video, um, Mm -hmm. you, you shared, um, you could find it on YouTube, by the way, listener. Um, you shared about how when you went to Lourdes, um, you asked for God to heal you. And it was after, you know, your battle with cancer and your hysterectomy. But yet, like, a lot of people would have thought it was too late, right? That, right. that there's no more healing that can happen because you're beyond the fact. But like, but God can still heal. Mm-hmm. And and Amen. Your, your testament to faith is just blows me out of the water every time. Well, I, <laughs> I don't even think I ha- like my faith is not there. In that well, sense. I was thinking about this because I actually, 
don't usually ask God for that. I don't know. Um, I'm going to start crying, too. Because I feel like just thinking about this kind of lays bare, like, a lack of faith in me that, like... Do I really believe that God is going to answer my prayer? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not a question we're going to like hash out on this podcast. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to see you at the last judgment, hopefully, and then maybe I can let you know. But, um, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, like when you pray for years or when a door has been closed or when a door seems like it's closed, maybe in your case, but it's like not like definitively closed or you know or do we believe in a god of miracles and it's like what does it mean when we stop asking for something Mm -hmm. like i is what's the difference between holding on to something so tightly and not letting it go to god and not asking for it anymore or or like not thinking he's gonna give it to us or just like assuming that like he's just not gonna I, and that's, you know, not a question that's going to be solved in this podcast, but man, it's complicated. This is a Catholic it life, is. guys. Yeah. yeah. We, I was at a, uh, in July, this, this past summer, so it would have been like a month or two months before we found out there was, uh, we were at this worldwide marriage encounter uh, event and somebody asked us, because we share about our infertility all the time, and somebody asked if they could pray with us and just like intercede and like my response was like yeah but like interiorly I was like I don't really care for this but like okay and like that's just kind of what my response is I feel like now just after years and years and years of having people do that and um you could tell she could felt a little bit awkward because she noticed what my reaction was um but I'm just like thinking interiorly about how I just like I yeah just it's not that I gave up hope entirely, but like I wasn't hoping for a baby anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Do you feel happy? Like, how do you feel? <laughs> Tell us about the complexity of, of your emotions. <laughs> uh, there's so much reason to be happy. Um, yeah. There's so much joy that comes along with, with being pregnant and um yeah just a lot a lot of happiness (laughs) that is also like my heart breaks at the same time for for those who don't get to experience this um because (laughs) it's like I I don't know I feel so spoiled by God right now um (laughs) in a way that I can't explain um uh yeah just yeah He's just pouring so much into our lives right now. That's just unreal. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so glad that we were able to do this. And, you know, we talked about this for a while and trying to figure out how to address it, whether we should do an episode like this, you know, thinking about everyone in this community too, because Stacey, just like you were thinking about, well, how is it going to affect us who are a team and are like basically talking to each other every day, right? <laughs> and then to for us then as a team to think about how how this impacts um, everybody who's 
in this community and, and how they're walking with us and we're walking with them. And we just really wanted to be open and honest because, I mean, this is reality. This is life. But I think maybe to kind of leave people with, um, with like a message of hope and encouragement and inspiration so that healing is possible and not to limit ourselves to one particular kind of healing, you know, that God, God wants to heal us mind and soul and body that he hears our prayers and he loves us. And he is not just like spinning a wheel up there and, you know, choosing who, who gets the good things and, and, you know, who doesn't. Um, and that it's okay to, for us who are, well, I was going to say left behind. That's not really a good way to put it because, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like that. I mean, you're, you're a friend and we love you. And so you have entered into a different reality. Um, but you still know, like, I mean, look at all the tears today as we've been talking, like you still know it's, that's always going to be in your memory and always in your heart. And so, um, you know, so like, it's okay for, for the one receiving the news to feel the hurt. Um, and it's okay for the one giving the news to have complicated feelings about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Amen. Something. Stacy, we love you. I love you guys so much. (laughs) We love you. So many good times and so many good times yet to come. But Anne, I love what you were saying because some things we're just not going to know until the end, until it's over. You know, all of those prayers, all of the Mm -hmm. tears. God knows Mm -hmm. everyone. God knows everyone. So listener, if you have made it this far with us today (laughs) on this journey, we just want to say thank you. And if this has been your situation, perhaps, or you're still hoping for it to be your situation, or you don't know what you're hoping for anymore, just know that we are here with you and that there's a place for you mm-hmm. in our ministry. And God loves you. And so do we. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for this Springs in the Desert podcast episode. If you have a minute, please rate and review us so that we can reach more listeners. Check out our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram and go to our website, springsinthedesert.org, where you can sign up for our newsletter and hear about more things that we have going on. Most importantly, remember that God loves you so much and so do we. 